Welcome to Highway 89, Utah's most scenic musical byway. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Our special guests today are singer-songwriter Sherry Call and one of her longtime musical associates, Tyler Castleton. Sherry Call started singing for audiences when she was just three years old and then started writing her own songs when she was a teenager. So it wasn't a surprise when she packed her belongings into her VW bug and headed to college, to BYU, to major in music. What was a surprise was when Sherry wasn't accepted into the music program the first time around. However, that eventually all got sorted out, and she did, in fact, graduate from music, in music from BYU, and then went on to release a succession of successful albums, including her most recent, titled Grace. Some highlights of Sherry's career include performing in the round at Nashville's famous Bluebird Cafe, being a finalist in the prestigious Kerrville New Folk Songwriting Competition, and opening for bluegrass legend Tim O'Brien. In addition to her solo career, she also regular, regularly performs with a hymn revival group, The Lower Lights, and the bluegrass band Lincoln Highway. Her songs have been included on the soundtracks of independent films and on the Especially for Youth CDs, She's often commissioned to write songs, and that has involved a number of exciting projects, including writing lyrics to be published in the novels of a New York Times best-selling author. There's a lot I could say about Sherry, including the fact that I've known and admired her and Tyler for years. But right now, the best thing to do is let her sing for you. This is Tyler Castleton accordion, Sherry Call vocals and guitar, One Good Woman. Mary Chilton never knew what the salty winds would do when she stepped aboard and sailed away on a 1620 autumn day. At Plymouth Rock she was the first to touch dry ground, but she became an orphan when the winter came and the tears fell down, but she grew and married a good man, and they had eleven children. Who could never understand what she'd been through But they knew that a girl of just 13 Crossed one big ocean And that she grew up to be one good woman And Polly Angel didn't know what the hands of time would show when she dressed in white and said I do in the fall of 1832 her life would change that very year forevermore when they heard the message of the strangers at their door they headed west and Polly had six children but only two survived and they could never understand what she'd been but they knew that a woman of great faith crossed one big country and that they were being raised by one good woman. There they are, written in the spaces of a family tree till it all comes down to me. 
know that I can never say that I'm the only one who's prayed for pain to end or love to last or for time not to go by so fast but it will fly and in a hundred years from now will there ever be someone who reads my name and wonders if I laughed or if I believed in Jesus or if my heart were ever broken and they may never understand what I go through but I will live the best that I know how for one big lifetime it's not too much to ask of one good woman That's One Good Woman, performed live by Sherry Call and Tyler Castleton here on Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Uh, Sherry, thank you for that song. And one thing I think is so cool, the two ladies that you mentioned in One Good Woman, uh, Mary Chilton, Polly Angel, those are actually ancestors of you, are they not? They are ancestors of mine, yes. That's amazing. Uh, it, you know, it was really an amazing experience writing that song. I just um, I felt a connection to time gone by and and my family I learned more about myself by learning about uh, the people who came before it was really great it was so considerate of your uh, ancestor to have musical names too that would yes. work, work well in songs <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be sure they get thanks for that you started off uh, very early working with Tyler even uh, this is while you were still in college how did you meet and get working on your very first album taken you know it was really great Tyler and I were in a songwriting class together and it was a class that I it was, you know, what you were talking about before, where I, I didn't immediately get into the music program, and so I couldn't take all the music theory classes since I wasn't accepted into the major. And so I just, out of desperation, looked for a song, looked for a, a class that had to do with music that I could take. And I saw songwriting, and so I, I signed up, I begged to be added to that class, even though there was a huge, like, line of people trying to get added. And, and by some miracle, I got added to that class, and Tyler was in that class, and that's how we met. We became friends from that class, so... And he actually worked on this first album. How did you manage to do an album while you were going to school? That sounds kind of interesting. It was, we, we didn't really start working on the album until I was almost done. I, I just had a couple of classes left. And, but really, we did a lot of it um, with another classmate of mine from music classes uh, who was a recording engineer. We did most of it like in the middle of the night, pretty much, after I was done with my, with my airline job. Um, like in the middle of the night. So. so talk to me about that, because I heard that music was maybe what kept you sane. That was not your favorite job. Is it? it wasn't. And, you know, bless the heart of Southwest Airlines. I love them. They're a wonderful company. But it, it just it was not my favorite job. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I, just, I guess I just kind of felt like I answered and asked the same questions all day. And I just mm. didn't feel like my brain was doing anything else. And, and I think it might have actually like driven me even more when I got home to be more creative because of the lack of creativity that there was at my job. Yeah, so. to use what little time you had mm -hmm. to. And what kind of response did you get from that very first? You're totally unknown, trying to get get people to hear your album. It, you know, it, for a first project, it was it was really great, and that was that was back. It was just right before the time when everybody in the world would just make an album. So, like, I, you know, I I just kind of felt like for me. It was still kind of a novelty for a lot of people that, wow, they, wow, like all by herself, she made an album. Now, like a lot of people do it, but, but I think because of that and just because, um, 
I don't know. I had a lot of support, and that kind of just grew from there, and I was really pleased with how well it went for a first project, for sure. Uh, we want to hear more music, but I have one more question. It seems to me, as I listen through your songs, especially a lot of the ones you're doing today for us, these seem like songs that people would write to you about. They do, absolutely. Yeah, they, I, that they strike a chord. What kind of responses do you get, or when do do people buttonhole you in the in the grocery store, or email you, or how does it work? Mostly, I get a lot of emails, and it's really amazing to me because when I write a song, I don't think I really set out to to try to see what everybody's going to like. I mm. I really I write about my own life, and I kind of think I have a weird life, but I guess it's not that weird because a lot of other people have the same things happen to them and then they end up writing me a note about it and it, it people they always started off by saying you're probably so tired of hearing this but nothing could be further from the truth it mm. always makes me so happy to hear from people who have like found a common thing about a song and that's really what I love about music I you know a lot of people think that you have to hear this inspirational song that has you know this whole go get him tiger message like in order to feel better about your life. And I think sometimes it might even be the opposite. I think when you hear a song that sounds the way that you feel, even if it's a sad song, you just feel a little bit less alone in the world. And I think it makes me feel less alone even when I get those notes from other people. Oh, so that's it's a, great, really amazing. a great way of putting it. I read once Amy Grant said, sing the unspoken feelings of the audience mm -hmm. and, yeah. and you'll connect. Well, let's hear two of these uh, from your unusual life. If you want to go hop up and uh, grab your guitar. The first one's Invincible, guitar, piano, and vocals, and then a song called Walk You Through the Night, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Here is Sherry Call, Tyler Castleton on piano for Invincible. I am friendly and I'm only five foot three I don't think anybody's ever been afraid of me Never learned how to take a punch Let alone how to throw a good one I get frightened by the stupidest little things Something crazy always seems to get the best of me Milk that's past the expiration date the emergency broadcast sound on TV But when you need me, I will be the best that I can be I get better, I get braver than I can believe Amazingly Love makes me invincible farther than I ever thought I could I've climbed higher than I ever even thought I should when I thought someone believed in me when I felt the strength that someone else might see I throw aside the things that stifle me I think I'd swim across a shark infested raging sea if I had to save my little it would hardly matter what became of me When you need me, I will be the best that I can be I get better, I get braver than I can believe Amazingly Love makes me invincible And even when I die My love will still have changed things 
meet my maker love will save me when you need me i will be the best that i can be i get better i get braver than i can believe amazingly love makes me That's Invincible from Sherry Call from her latest album, Grace. If this was a live concert with a huge audience, this is the part where Sherry would be retuning her guitar going and trying to say something to keep us all occupied while that happened. But I, w I would like to mention while she switches guitars for different tuning, the albums, The Ocean and Me, Gifts, Taken, He Gives Flowers to Everyone, Beneath These Stars, uh, and Most Requested are just some of the albums uh, that she has done as a soloist. And of course, she sings on lots of other projects. This next song is called Walk You Through the Night. I don't have eyes in the back of my head And I don't wear bright red knee-high boots Or a leotard with an S And I only have five senses Six ones never there When I don't know why you're crying And I just have to guess I see you're having trouble sleeping So am I And I've been hoping I I can't cast a magic spell, but I can take you for a trip around the block. Rest your head now while I hold you tight, and I will walk you sparkling stars Your body is getting heavier You're finally giving in And my mind slips through the future To the struggles you could have And I don't know how to fix them I just have to guess You are bound to have some nightmares So am I But you can count I can't take it all away But I can tell you I've been down this road before And I can't promise that I'll always get it right But I will walk you through the night And if it's raining I will drive you And if it's late 
best at very many things, but I believe I love you perfectly. Time goes by so relentlessly, and I hope that you outlive me. It's how it's meant to be, and I believe in heaven. There are still some things that I just can't fully fathom, and I just have to guess. If God will grant my wish, I will wait for you beyond the veil, just before you slip through. And as you softly close your eyes, I will sing my lullabies to you. Before you make your way into the light, I will walk you through the night. That was Walk You Through the Night, and before that we heard Invincible, performed live by Sherry Call and Tyler Castleton. You're listening to Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry, and I have to ask, because I know that you have some young kids, we'll talk more about that later, but was that a, a song inspired by walking a baby through the night that would not sleep? Yes, my <laughs> my first child, my, my oldest daughter, she just... Really, when nothing else worked, we really would. We'd just One of us, my husband or I, would, would just take her for a walk we put her over our shoulder and just kind of take a little walk around the neighborhood people used to <laughs> wave and say hi and they realized what we were doing and they just would kind of just quietly wave while we walked by so. <laughs> good for them have you played guitar forever no no not at all i used to watch my brother playing the guitar in his garage band he's quite a bit older than me and i thought the guitar was for boys i thought only <laughs> boys could play the guitar and then I just really wanted to learn how to play it, and when I was in college, actually, I took a basic class and then kind of tried to teach myself from there. I'm I'm not a wonderful player, but it's something that I really enjoy, and I feel more comfortable playing guitar now than piano. So. That actually seems sort of remarkably late to mm-hmm. pick up the guitar for someone who's known for being a guitarist, singer, songwriter, folk singer, all that. That's well, great. The, the good thing about guitar is that you can you can get by on it fairly quickly, and you could spend your whole life mastering it, so... <laughs> It's just, it's kind of fun that way, I guess. So, Well, I'm wondering about, uh, on your most recent album, Grace, how they talked you then into, you play most of the guitar parts yourself. I play, I played like the bass, uh-huh. the, like the, the bed of, you know, the main guitar. I did. Scott, who, Scott Wiley, who produced it, I, he really wanted me to play my own guitar parts on those so that you could get the flavor of how I would play it. And it was scary, especially because we did a lot of it like all the instruments at the same time in the same room. So that made it especially scary for me. No mistakes allowed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but there were some where I did it first just because it was I wanted I, I did my part first and then everybody else kind of did it around that, but we really wanted to capture that sound of what it would sound like with me playing. So Are you someone who keeps a, a notebook handy or a journal where your possible song ideas go in? How does that work for you? Yes, that was that was something taught by Ron Simpson, the songwriting teacher at BYU, that you have to carry around a, a notebook with you, and that has served me well. I have a lot of little notebooks that are full of ideas. I, I go back to even really old ones sometimes and pick up an idea from it. 
Yeah, would you say, uh, is there some percentage, like I use one out of 10, or is it, wh- or is it a bigger percentage of that? That end up being actual songs. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. That's an interesting question. Some of them, I think it would be hard for me to even know because it's all gotten mixed together. There's sometimes I'll write a song, I'll really want to like it, and I just don't. And then I just, I kind of throw it away. But like ten years later, I might go back and take some of my favorite lyrics from that song. Mm. Maybe there was one line from it that ends up being the main idea for a whole new song. So, just like the whole process, I never throw away the notebooks because like the songs all like have ideas that come out of them. So I think I, I don't, I, I don't even come close to using all the ideas I've written down, but I, that's not to say that I never will. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, next we're going to hear you pay, play, I think your most portable instrument to date, <laughs> <laughs> the, the ukulele. But tell me about this homeless songs, because it almost sounds like, Oh, an album about the homeless. How interesting. It, it is but... not. It's, it's about songs that have no home. I, I, right now, um, I, I don't know, for a while, for a few years now, I've been just writing songs because I love writing them, and I don't really have any particular project that a lot of them go to, but it's kind of sad to me to think that maybe nobody will ever hear them. So if you follow my blog, you'll get to hear, like, really songs that are totally not fancy produced. They're pretty rough, but it's just because I want people to hear the songs that I write. It's it's fun. And so they're called homeless songs because they don't have a home on a movie or album or anything yet. Maybe they will sometime. In fact, if you pay attention to my blog, there might be some really interesting, fun things in this fall that I'll release the, uh, of these songs a little bit. But oh, cool. I'm a little bit superstitious of saying anything more about that. But <laughs> I, I'm really glad that we're all friends here with this ukulele. It's the only song I know how to play on the ukulele of this song that I wrote, and it's one of the homeless songs. I was going to ask if you it. learned it for this song. Um, I just thought it would be fun to learn a little bit about the ukulele, and because of that, like I, I wrote a song, and and it is it is fun, and but also because of that, my ukulele is it, it's basically a toy, <laughs> so <laughs> it may not be the fanciest sound, but it's fun. I, it's fun. Well, I'll let you go take your seat over there and okay. perform for us. I would say, well, we give you time to to go and pick up your ukulele, but how long can it take to pick up a ukulele? It's just so cute, you know. And, and there and there you are already. So uh, while she checks her tuning, do ukuleles actually stay in tune? That's a big question I have. This one but... doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> here, here is Sherry Call with her homeless song, one of her homeless songs. This is Big Yellow Moon. You can walk me home if you want to. It's not that far. Walk me home. Nights like these were never made for driving cars. You can count the sidewalk cracks or wish on Mars. sky 
tonight And it's just about to pass us by And it's just the sort of night That was made for three You and the big yellow moon And me Tomorrow will keep Whether or not we get any sleep Tell me I'm right the walking home was made for evenings just like tonight Cause it seems so right There's a big yellow moon in the sky tonight And it's just about to pass us by And it's just the sort of night that was made for three You and the big yellow moon That's Big Yellow Moon, performed live by Sherry Call on Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Sherry, are you possibly even old enough to remember Tiny Tim? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing tiptoe through the tulips. Oh, it maybe, sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe is, Israel Kamehameha, the Izzy. Okay, yeah. Okay. With uh, Over the Rainbow. And uh -huh. there's something cool about hearing a song with a ukulele. It is, and, and, and it'll be cooler when, when I get better at playing it. <laughs> but... <laughs> It worked. It worked very well. Thank you for doing that for us. Now, you, you have a great family. You're very involved. Your husband, Joe, three kids, two girls and a boy. And how did you meet Joe? Joe, Joe and I, we probably met when, when he uh, made a crusty remark to me about my cassette tape not being queued up at a BYU songwriter showcase. <laughs> but, uh, but we didn't really ever hang out or get to know each other better until like nine years later. So... Um, so yeah, he he was hired to do the sound for a tour with a group called Jericho Road, and I was the opening act for that group, and we, we both were kind of working a lot with the same record label, and that's how we got to know each other better. And I On the road. On the road, yes. We went out on a couple of really weird dates, and, and actually, I think he decided never to go out with me again. But then, um, but then I, we ended up going on this tour, and I, my goal was to ignore him because I thought, well, this is, I feel really embarrassed that I've gone on dates with him and I don't want him to think that I'm all after him and stuff, you know? So I just decided to like ignore him. And then they didn't- I love didn't... all the strategy that goes <laughs> into this from the woman's side. I, it is, I know, it's really, really awful. But um, so then they didn't get enough, a big enough vehicle for me to ride with the Jericho Road guys. They like forgot I was going or something. I don't know what happened, but they, so then like I, I ended up having to ride in the equipment van with Joe and the guy who was doing lighting. And so I was like squished and sandwiched in between these guys for <laughs> driving all over the Western United States. And, and then Joe and I fell in love and we got married. So good. Well, happened. tell me the story of the guitar case. Was this the moment you knew something might be really going to happen? Yeah. You know, um, it was, it, it was, I, he was doing this show at, um, he was doing this show and we had just started dating and so I decided to bring him a treat and so I had this treat in the car and then when I was walking in I just thought this is so dumb of me to bring him a treat like I'm just gonna leave the treat in the car and then like I like 
kept on changing my mind. And I finally got the treat and I brought it to him and I felt like a huge big nerd for bringing him a treat. And then he went back and took this, it was my birthday, it had been my birthday like a couple days before, and he went back and, and like got this guitar case out that had a big bow on it because my guitar case was thrashed. I had like flown on planes and gone everywhere with it. And he, he really, um, he wanted to have something to protect my guitar. And that just was so special to me. Um, it, it kind of made me think, you know, this is a guy, he's not trying to take the place of the dreams that I have. He's trying to protect them. And it, mm. I don't know, he, I don't know if he put even as much thought into that as I did, but it was really special to me that he would notice something like that. And, and it made me feel less dumb for bringing him a treat. I wish I'd brought him a bigger treat, actually. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, speaking of birthdays, recently he, he, he had a pretty big one, and you threw a party and a concert in your backyard. So I wanted to hear how this went. Yeah, you know, um, since I have three really little kids at home, um, I, I haven't been traveling as much, and I've been missing doing some of the performing, and, and Joe, uh, I, you know, I, I've gotten back into a lot more, because our, our child is, he's like 17 months now, but, um, but this was actually a year ago for Joe's 40th birthday. He had always wanted to do a neighborhood concert. He thought it would be really fun, and so we just, he was kind of feeling like in a rut as well of just like, um, he had great work, but he wanted to just do something that was just pure fun. And so we put together this huge concert in our backyard and invited some friends to play at it. And I, I was just the, you know, the opener for it since it was my house. But, um, but we had Peter Breinholt play and we had um, Tyler played some songs. And it was it, it kind of just like only a side thing that it was Joe's 40th birthday. But it was this huge concert and it kind of really also brought back the idea to me um, of what I'd been writing about on my blog of just how you know, the best things are at home, you know, and I just really thought it had more magic. This concert in our backyard had more magic than most of the shows I had played like forever and ever, even though I only played a couple songs and Joe kind of felt the same way. You know, this thing that we did in our own backyard was just this magical, fun concert. And are are people big. in your neighborhood, you, speak, you said the word magical, and mm -hmm. some people think people who write are totally different than other people. People are, are, who write music? Yeah, and, and I'm wondering if the people in your neighbor, neighborhood, are they all used to you? Oh, that's Sherry, she writes songs. I don't know. I think because, like, in my neighborhood, I, I'm i Sherry Anderson, for one thing, because, like, I go by my maiden name for, like, kind of my stage name because I'd been recording for so many years before I got married, and I think some people have no idea what I do sometimes, and some people, um, I don't know, it's kind of a whole mixture. Some people, I think... I don't know. I think mo some, most people just don't have any idea and they don't really know what Joe, either of us do. And so when we did this concert, I think it was really amazing for people to see, especially what Joe does for a living, because he set up these huge lights and speakers and everything. And it just, it was just kind of a, a really funny thing for our neighbors to be like, wow, this is really cool. So, <laughs> who, who did you hire to do this? <laughs> and we're so busy when other people have parties that we kind of neither of us end up going to a lot of things. And so that was another reason why we wanted to invite our neighbors over to say, hey, we really are friendly. We just don't have time, a lot of times, to go to the things that people have that are at the same time as shows, which is what we're always working on. So. Well, I want to ask about uh, this next song, uh, It Passes All My Understanding. It's a song that kind of is an airplane ride. Mm -hmm. Is that really where it started? It is, yeah. I I had this really interesting conversation with a guy on a plane, and um, and, and I'm a Mormon, and he, he thought that I looked like a Mormon, even though I wasn't really planning to talk about it at all. He wanted to ask me a bunch of questions about it. And he, he said that he um, didn't believe in God. And so we had this really 
really amazing conversation. And I think the thing that I got out of it is just that people on both sides of that story, I think one thing that we have in common is that, that there are so many things that, that we don't know. Hmm. And, um, and we, we both have our ways of telling that story. And the feeling that I got when I was talking to him is that, that God loved both of us very much. Um, no matter what either of us believed, he was going to keep loving us. And so that's what really uh, was just, it made me want to write this song about it. And I, well, I don't know if I ever saw him today, if he heard the song, if, we, if he would ever agree with me. But, we, but I really loved talking to him. It was really fun to make a new friend. So how long between the time you got off the plane and there was a song? Um, I probably, I wrote, this, I wrote the idea down immediately. And then, um, you know, maybe a few months later, I opened the book back up and wrote the song. Well, let's hear this. This is one of those songs that uh, on s- some of the local inspirational music stations uh, is one of that gets a lot of emails. This is called It Passes All My Understanding. I was sitting on a southbound plane I was buried in a magazine When the man in the next seat over Wanted to talk to me He talked about the universe He talked about Saturn's rings And he said I might be an atheist Except for just one thing It passes all my understanding How it all worked out just right The distance that we live from the sun The stars that shine at night And we may prove that it was just an accident But how did it begin? It passes all my understanding told him, you are a scholar, you know things that I don't know, but I believe a God in heaven made everything below, and I know we are his children, I've known it since I was two, but when it comes to being struck with awe, I'm just like you. It passes all my understanding, all the beauty we have here. From the majesty of the canyons to a tiny baby's ear. And even when I can't believe it, he still believes in me. It passes all my understanding. We watch the sunset through the clouds. Through a tiny little airplane window With people sleeping all around And I thought of how we just accept this world to be And when the flight attendant passed me by I threw away my magazine And it passes all my understanding How the Lord knows both our names And he made this world for everyone Who was sitting on that plane And in spite of all of men's distractions He offers us his peace 
that passes all my understanding. That's It Passes All My Understanding from the album He Gives Flowers to Everyone by Sherry Call, performed here live by Sherry and Tyler Castleton on Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Sherry, you've got a blog, and you think a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And it all ends up there. People can find your blog at Uh sherrycall.com. Is that right? Yeah. Well, we have done some reading, and we have done some digging, but one of the things that comes through the most in in one of your, I think, most meaningful posts is how you choose what your life will be. And especially for women uh, today are kind of in the middle of there's family, there's career, do I do one and then the other? Do I do them all at the same time? And there's not just one choice. Mm -hmm. But you talk about your choice, and uh, you came up with this great phrase. You said, I'm calling myself a stay-at-home songwriter. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what made you come up with that? Well, you know, um, I, because I think people think that you, like, if you're going to be a stay-at-home mother, you can't do anything else at all at home. And if you're going to have a career, then you must, like, shun your family. You know, and I, I just don't think <laughs> that, I don't think that's true. I, and everybody has a different way of working that out. I have so many female friends who are musicians and, and with careers of all different kinds, and they have all the different ways of doing it. I don't really want to get on a soapbox and tell anybody what they're supposed to do. For me, it's been really special for me to, to, um, to do it a lot of it at home lately. Uh, it's just kind of the season that I'm in in my life. I recognize that there are some opportunities that I won't be able to seize doing things from home. But my, I guess part of the thing of having the blog, too, is... I'm inviting everybody to come to my house while I do these things. And so you can read about it. You can hear about the things that I post. And it kind of makes me feel like I still, um, you know, I'm still, I'm always going to do, like, write music and create music because it's who I am. That's never going to stop being who I am because I'm a mom. But but my children and my family, they're they're the center of my world. I, I just, it would be really hard for me to go away from them to do these things. So that's why I'm doing a lot of it from home. I'm a stay-at-home songwriter. Because you could say, well, uh, to get my name out there, to be a household name, I've got to be touring. I've got to be out everywhere. And you do. Like, I recognize I'm probably giving up, you know, a lot of that because I just don't want to do it. I I don't really want to be away from my family that much right now. Well, I I chuckled so much when you said I I may not be, Sherry Call may never be a household name. I'm not going to be catching a lot of planes, at least not for a while, but I do my small part to remind the world that mom is a household name. Isn't it? Isn't mom <laughs> the most famous name in the world? Everybody loves their mom. <laughs> they do, don't they? Almost. I know I do. Well, tell me about, uh, are there, are you, do your kids like to hear lullabies or are they thinking enough music for the day, mom? Well, it's funny because they, it seems to me like they're a lot more interested in what dad does because there's like big shiny things. <laughs> um, and, and I kind of, the music that's around the house is just kind of, it's just kind of a given or it, it, it takes me away from doing something that they, that they need me to do. <laughs> um, sometimes I do a lot of stuff when they're in bed. Um, but then my, the, the girl who babysits for me a lot, um, she told me that she tried to sing them a lullaby and they got mad and told her it wasn't as good as mom. <laughs> So they well, must have some appreciation. <laughs> I don't know. They're, but, they're butting aesthetic sense there. So. I guess. But, you know, they, I think they love the music. I, I think they take it for granted because there's just our house is, 
a house of shows and music, and they just probably think that everybody's house is that way. But so you're. It sounds like from your blog and some of your songs that you're, including a great song called "Leave It Like It Is" that, mm -hmm. that I've heard before. That that you're in a kind of contented place, a happy place. I so, really am. So. Yeah. Is that good or bad for songwriting? Do you have to suffer to have you know traumatic experiences and breakups to write about? You know, I probably did write a lot more songs when I was lonely and single and had all the time in the world to write songs. And so it's that's the kind of funny thing because I wrote a lot of so I wrote a lot of love songs when I was single, and then I, and then just because of the way that my life went, um, I ended up getting um, a lot of opportunities to write inspirational music. And that did was mostly what I had done after I had gotten married. And so people, uh, so when I play it at shows, I either play these really sad love songs or these like songs of inspiration and hope. So <laughs> they kind of like crash against each other in the in the shows. But well, they they all come from like a, a true place. song, so. Yellow Moon, to sort of be in between there, right? Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm I'm being able to write some happy love songs. And but then also I'm still going back and and mining the ideas from those old songbooks. And so. I still write sad songs, too, because I love sad songs. Oh, that's songs. great. You can be happy so, and still benefit from all the sorrow from the past because yeah. you wrote it down. Luckily, the, like, <laughs> I had a surplus at that time that I can, I can get now. So. Well, people should be encouraged if they're at a hard time. You're building up a reserve for future happiness. You might it, as okay. well make something good out of it, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of sad things, this title, at least, uh, tell me about River of Tears. This is the one we're going to go out on. Well, I my my favorite song of all time is this old folk song, and I sang it in junior high school choir, and that's when I had first heard of it. But it's it's called "The Water Is Wide," mm. and I really love it. And when I was writing music for uh, for my most recent album, for some reason th that song just kept coming back to me. And it, it's a, I think it's like. Um, I don't even know if anybody knows who wrote it. It's just one of these old folk songs that n nobody even knows who wrote it. It's evolved, it's changed over time. And so I thought that I would I would do my adaptation of it and and I include a lot of words. The the melody isn't really similar at all. And that's actually probably my favorite part of the, the that song to me is the melody, but what I took is a lot of the words from that song and and made it into um a song of my own. And so it's instead of crossing you know, the Missouri, or I think it was the, Miss I don't know if it's the Mississippi or the Missouri that that song is talking about. To me, it's it's about crossing, um, crossing through the darkness and into light um, through over a river of tears. And I need a boat that can carry to uh, because I need God to help me with it. So that's what the song is about. Well, that's great. That's great. Let's hear this. This okay. is going to be Tyler Castleton on piano. Sherry Call, who's played a variety of guitars and ukulele today. This is called uh, River of Tears from her most recent album, which is called Grace. One, two, three. Build me a boat that can carry you to Cause I just can't cross this river of tears without you Give me a heart that can know the truth Cause I just can't cross this river of tears Just can't cross this river of tears Just can't cross this river of tears without you I just can't cross this river of 
tears without you Give me a heart that can know the truth Cause I just can't cross this river of tears Just can't cross this river of tears Just can't cross this river of tears without you The way is dark in front of me Light these stones so I can see Through the waves and through the storm Change this heart to keep me Tears from Sherry Call's latest album, Grace, performed live here on Highway 89, which sadly ends another really enjoyable episode. I'm really glad, and I hope that you enjoyed the music today as much as I did. Our special guests have been singer-songwriter Sherry Call and pianist and sometime accordion player Tyler, Tyler Castleton. Sherry has released seven albums, including a Christmas album, and has performed in the round at Nashville's famous Bluebird Cafe, been a finalist in the prestigious Kerrville New Folk Songwriting Competition, and has opened for bluegrass legend Tim O'Brien. In addition to her solo work, she also performs with a hymn revival group, The Lower Lights, and the bluegrass band Lincoln Highway. You can find more information about Sherry, especially her latest projects and concerts, and delve into her blog online at sherrycall.com. That's C-H-E-R-I-E call.com. Sherry, thank you so much for coming in today. Stephen, it's just been a pleasure. I'm so glad I could be here. We love also to hear from you, our listeners, and we love your comments and questions. You can send them via email to highway89 at byu.edu. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. The recording engineer is Mark Waite, and the show's producer is Jackie Tateishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>